Hi, you're listening to another message from Sunny Hill Church. Our prayer is that these messages encourage, empower, edify, and equip you to live for Christ in 2023. Be blessed as you listen in. Good morning, everybody. So amazing to be back in the house of God with you and to be able to worship together. What an amazing time in worship. Couldn't help but just have tears streaming down my face, just knowing that God is in the house, that he's doing something fresh and something new. You know, um, couldn't help but cry my eyes out when I heard the testimony about you guys. You know, it's not about Ruth Swift. It's about the fact that the Holy Spirit comes to do things and he speaks to a human being that then brings something of an encouragement to a couple and that's all God and I am so grateful to God and I am so thankful to God and I love the fact that God moves in such a powerful way. As I was sitting there I really felt strongly before I start this message that I wanted to pray for some people. And I felt in my spirit that there are people in this place today that with what's happening around the world and the things that are happening, you know, with the fact that there's a lot of um, things happening with mortgage rates going up, you know, the inflation, the things happening in Israel, there's things that are going on that cause a nervousness. But it's actually gripped you and there's become some fear that has started to come over you and fear isn't from God it says in the scripture that God hasn't given us a spirit of fear but of love power sound mind and I really believe this morning that God wants to do something in you that as you walk out of this house today that you will feel such a calm a peace and that you'll know that he's in your room and that he's got this He knew all of this before we even do. Just like Dom had said, he is what? The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He knows. So he knew right now, at this moment, we would be sitting at this time and having to face what we're facing. But he's never left our room. And so I don't want to embarrass you, but I really want to ask you, if there is some fear that is starting to creep in, Why don't you stand to your feet this morning? And why don't you allow me to pray? I'm asking you to stand up. The reason I'm asking you to stand up is as we declare it, and we say to the enemy, you may think you've got this over me. We can stand before the Lord and say, no, you haven't got this. You have not got this. You do not have anything over me because the power of God is far greater, far mightier. And he comes to give us peace, comfort and the knowledge to say, I've got this. And so I'm so grateful that you're standing right now for those that are standing. Well done. Because you've said, I want it off. (laughs) I don't want to carry it anymore. I don't want to have this anymore. I don't want it in my life anymore. I want it gone in the name of Jesus. And as you've declared and as you begin to just lift your hands in the air right now as a surrender, 
a surrender to say, I'm placing it at your footstool, Jesus. I'm giving it to you. Right now, I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, to remove that in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we come before you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you quicken to us what you can do. And right now, I know that you're coming and you're causing peace to reign in each and every person that is standing in this room today, that whatever is causing this fear to come upon them, whatever is causing them to start to be concerned about what's happening around, wondering what's going to happen tomorrow, that Lord, right at this moment, you give them the reassurance that you're in control, you've got the victory, you've done it, and that everything that is taking place is nothing new to you. You knew this would take place right at this moment, but Lord, you give us the strength and the ability to go forward and be all that you want us to be, and as we step out and we walk in the knowledge that you're in our room, nothing can come against us. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You are the one that goes before us. We don't fight in flesh and blood, but we fight in principalities and powers. And so therefore, when we push it up, Lord, you're the one that's winning the the, um, whole of the things that are going on around us. So this morning, will you allow peace to reign in Jesus' name? Don't allow anyone to leave this room today, Lord, feeling despondent or wondering, but let them leave knowing that you are in control, that you've got this, and that you're with us every step of the way in your name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Awesome. Thank you. You won't be you will come back up though, won't you? Yeah, great. Awesome. Hey, thank you to Dom and Lou for allowing me to come and minister again. It is such a privilege. I love Sunny Hill Church. We love um, the fact that we feel like we're part of the family and we love coming here, both Wayne and I. And so today I get the privilege of bringing the word. It's really good to see Meg. We had Meg with us um, in Melbourne for seven weeks. She came. She lived with us for some of the time. Poor Meg. She actually um, got to know who we really were and uh, we loved the fact that she was able to come and be a part of our family at Resound and so it's nice to see her as well. But let's get into the word, yeah? Let's start to see what God wants to say to you today in this house. You know, I don't know about you, but there's been a lot of prophetic words that have been going around about the fresh wind is coming. Have you heard them? Have you heard people say, it's going to be a new day. The fresh wind of the Holy Spirit is going to flow again. Things are going to take place. And as we hear that, we sort of can look at it and go, well, what do they mean by the fresh wind? What do they mean by this is coming to do something new again? You know, the Greek word for Holy Spirit is pneuma, which has several meanings. And the reason I like to go to um, the Greek of a word like the Holy Spirit is because it gives you a greater understanding understanding of what they're actually saying in that word and the Greek word of that meaning is spirit, breath, wind, spirit of the Lord, spirit of God and spirit of truth. So when we hear fresh wind we know it is a time of fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us and equips us to do all that we are called to do. We are a Pentecostal church, yeah? You're Pentecostal? I am, through and through. 
And, um, you know, when we hear that word that the Holy Spirit is coming to do a fresh outpouring upon us, as Pentecostals, we should get excited because when the Holy Spirit starts to move and when he starts to do something fresh, I'm telling you there's a shaking that can take place and things happen and there is a move that takes place that we go, yes, Lord, bring it on. We want to see a greater move of the Holy Spirit in our nation, this nation and our nation in Australia. Why? Because when the move of the Holy Spirit takes place, people come to know Jesus, things happen, miracles take place place and there is something that we can get really excited about you know I'm excited of what God is doing right now yeah we look around us I'm not scared I'm excited because I'm like oh the enemy thinks he's gonna throw that one at us does he no not when we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to stand up and go forward and be all that he's called us to be in Acts chapter 2 verse 2 it says suddenly Don't you love that word suddenly? Who likes it? Suddenly. There was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Suddenly the Holy Spirit comes into the room. The fresh wind is the breath of God, the wind in our sails that lifts us from the doldrums, gives us direction and provides us with the power to do God's will. You know, we are Christians that are led by the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, 16 to 17, it says, And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Here is Jesus talking to his disciples and he's talking to them and saying, don't panic. When I go, the Holy Spirit's going to come. You live with him now, meaning that Jesus is with him, them. But when I'm gone, it's going to live within you. You know, when we receive the Holy Spirit to live within us, something empowers us, something encourages us, something speaks to us. We are led by his spirit to do what he is calling us to do. So often we hear these catchphrases from people in the Pentecostal church, like, I am a Holy Spirit-led Christian. Oh, the power of God is moving all over me. I know the Spirit of God is all over the room. The anointing is all over that person. There is a fresh wind coming. When the power of God hits, anything can happen. These are weird sayings. But when you know what the Holy Spirit can do, these sayings aren't weird. These sayings excite us. They start to go, yeah, the Spirit of God is in the room. Yeah, it is all over us. Yes, there is a fresh wind coming. Yes, something extraordinary is about to take place. I'm telling you people, get excited because the Holy Spirit's about to do an outworking upon this nation that you have not seen for many years. And for a long time, we've stood back. For a long time, we have become complacent. We've become almost people that just, 
just go, oh yeah, we believe in God. But the day's coming where we will no longer say, oh yeah, we believe in God. We're going to rise up and we're going to say, no, we have the power of the Holy Spirit upon us. And wherever we walk, there will things will happen. As believers, when you allow the Holy Spirit to take over, you will walk in the streets and people will say, what is it about you? They'll walk past you. I'm not about you, but some of you might have heard of Smith Wigglesworth. Wigglesworth. I can't. I can't wait for those days. I want to be on a train going to London, sitting there minding my own business. Someone walks on the train and they fall down under the power of the Holy Spirit without even speaking to me. And then they get saved. And then everybody else on the train's looking and thinking, what's going on? There is a presence of God in that train that takes over. Can we believe for that again? Smith Wigglesworth couldn't even speak properly. It was actually his wife who was the better preacher. Just putting that out there. (laughs) Oh, no, my husband's a very good preacher. But God used him. Because he was empowered by the Holy Spirit and he was surrendered to the Holy Spirit. And everywhere he went, he said, come on, come on. Catherine Coleman, another older person back in those days that would come on in a white dress and float across the stage. Well, that's how it felt. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, things were happening. Can we believe that that can be you? That wherever you walk, wherever you go, something extraordinary takes place because the Holy Spirit has encompassed you and through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives within you, it flows out of you and things happen. Your family members who don't know Jesus, can you believe that they're going to come to know Jesus because when you walk into a room, something happens? Can you believe that when you go into a workplace, the people who don't know Jesus, that something will happen? I loved that story that you're in the streets and this person comes up and can't even handle being near you. Why? Because the power of God is so real and the darkness is real. But when the darkness comes to the light, the darkness can't stay in the light because suddenly the light becomes so bright that it overtakes the darkness. But it's when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us that we rise up as a church. No longer are we going to be a wishy-washy church. Well, not on my watch. We're going to rise up and be who God has asked us to be and go where he wants us to go. You know, in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 to 9, it says, In my former book, Theopologia, I write about... All that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. 
For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. Wow. Can you imagine the disciples? They're sitting there. They're hearing this. And all of a sudden, Jesus is gone. He's gone back to be with his father in heaven. But at that moment, the Holy Spirit hadn't come. They would have felt a little bit despondent. They would have thought, what's he talking about? What's he saying to us? He's saying that the Holy Spirit's going to come and we're going to go into all these different parts of the world and begin to preach the gospel and things are going to happen. But we can't see that happening. We're concerned. We're frightened. But then you read on in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Let's just stop here for a moment. Jesus is gone. He's gone to heaven. All the believers, 120 of them, are up in the upper room. They're all sitting around. You know, they're praying. They're spending time with God. But there would have been this sense of what's happening next? Where are we going? What are we going to do? Jesus is gone. There's 120 of us. How are we ever going to go out into this world? He said that we're supposed to go out into all places, to the ends of the earth. But we don't have the ability to be able to do that. But when we continue to read in verse 2, here it is again, suddenly... There was another suddenly. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. That's weird. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Suddenly a sound like a mighty rushing wind came into that room. Tongues of fire sat on their head. Something took place. They began to speak in other tongues. But let me tell you, it was from that moment that the disciples, the apostles, the believers stood up. And Peter went out and he starts to preach. And 3,000 came to Jesus that day. You can't do that in your own strength. But when the power of the Holy Spirit is upon you, when something has come upon you and there is a light that shines out of you, there is a power that comes forward, you don't even really have to be eloquent in the way that you speak. You just have to be obedient to say, God, whatever you want, I will do. And as you walk into the room, something shifts, something changes. Maybe 3,000 will be saved in one day. Do you believe it? Or do you look at yourself and think, yeah, but that was Peter, Ruth. Hey, out of all of the apostles, who was the one that denied Jesus three times? Cut the ear off one of the 
guards that came to get Jesus was a little bit, you know, probably not the one that had the best temper. But Jesus chose him. And the fulfillment of that prophecy, hey, Peter, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Come on, each and every one of you have a plan, have a purpose. Each and every one of you have got something to do. And when you allow the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon you, when you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, when you are a Christian who is led by the Spirit, anything can happen. Anything. See, Acts 2.17, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. We're in the last days. We've been in the last days since Jesus went, but he's pouring his spirit out. You know, this movement is a Pentecostal movement that you're a part of. You're a part of the apostolic church in the UK, but this movement isn't just in the UK. It's in 120 nations of the world. We have... We are part of that movement in Australia as well. But let me just explain to you how this movement started. In 1904, 05 and 06, there was a move of the Holy Spirit in Wales. There was a group of people that dared to believe that when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon them, they dared to believe that when they prayed and seek the face of God, that something extraordinary could happen for their nation. Well, something did happen in their nation. There was a move of the Holy Spirit, like a crazy move, a mighty wind that rushed right over that nation. People would come in on the ships and the ships wouldn't even dock and people were falling to their knees and repenting before Jesus. The pubs were closing down and became churches. There were people that were being saved left, right and centre. And you know what's really exciting for me? My great-grandfather got saved in that Welsh revival. And out of him being saved, my grandfather got saved at 11. He came to Australia at the age of 19. And as he began to work and then met up with a couple of other men and started to pioneer the movement, the apostolic movement in New Zealand, in in Australia, in New Zealand, in South Africa and throughout Europe, it was because these men believed that the power of the Holy Spirit could move. That's just my grandfather. Never alone my father. But we're no different. They were just men and women that were willing to say, Holy Spirit, do whatever you can. Move in us. You know, I was nine when I received the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. I remember the day we're in a church service. We had these, what we call charismatic renewal services and... um, We would come on a Monday night. They were amazing. People would come from all over. My dad started the services and we had a guest speaker that night and he was speaking on the Holy Spirit. And so I went and I put up my hand. I went out the front. We got taken into a room where we were towering 
I don't know if you can even know what that word means, but it was like we were seeking the Holy Spirit. We were believing for it to come upon us. My sister was seven. Another friend of ours, Peter, he was eight. I was nine. Us three were in that room and we were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in other tongues. Peter got carried out at the age of eight speaking in tongues, got taken home and spoke in tongues all night. Something happened. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, nothing can stop you. We are empowered to do what God's asking us to do. Now, let me say that it doesn't cause an exemption for something to not go wrong in our life or things to not be smooth. But what I do know is that when I am walking as a spirit-led Christian, I can hear the voice of God, I can be obedient to the voice of God, and I can do what he's asking me to do. In Acts 2, 17b, it says, Your sons and daughters will prophesy. It's time for us to rise up. Let's be the prophetic voice in the nation. Let's be the spirit-led Christians that are willing to go and do what he's asking us to do. You know, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, Jesus traveled through all the towns and the villages of that area, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. This is what he said to his disciples. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his field. When those 120 were in the upper room, they were the harvest workers that were empowered by the Holy Spirit to go out. Not one of you in this room is exempt from being a harvest worker. And did you know that we all have a harvest worker? Whether you've been brought up in a Christian home, and I was very privileged to be brought up in a Christian home, but my parents were my harvest workers. My parents were who were the people that instilled into me about Jesus, that enabled me to rise up and be determined to say, I want more of him. I want the Holy Spirit. I want to do what he's calling me to do. Wayne, he wasn't brought up in a Christian home, but his harvest worker was a man that lived across the road. And at the age of 16, this man was constantly telling Wayne and his family about Jesus, constantly saying to them, you need to read the Bible, you need to come to church. And he said, to, and he put a challenge out to Wayne, and he said to Wayne, read the Bible. So Wayne said, all right, because Wayne's an avid reader, so he reads the Bible. And the guy says to him, did anything happen? And Wayne goes, no, not really. And this man said, because you haven't received Jesus. And when you receive Jesus and you read the word, it's going to come out to you. So the more that this harvest worker spoke into the life of my husband and his family, something happened when they were away and they'd gone up um, caravanning and he was in his caravan. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Wayne. But he was in his caravan and he was on the top bunk and he said to God, if you're really real... 
then come and prove it to me right now. And he had an encounter with God in the caravan on the top bunk. Why? Because there was a harvest worker that spoke into his life and he was definitely the one that just said, Jesus, come into my life right now. And now I look at my husband and myself and I think if it wasn't for that harvest worker, where would he be? And his family. We're all harvest workers, empowered by the Holy Spirit to go and do what he's calling us to do. See, there's a quote by Smith Wigglesworth. Enter the promises of God. It is your inheritance. You will do more in one year if you are filled with the Holy Ghost than you could do in 50 years apart from him. Once the apostles have been filled with the Spirit, as Jesus said they were, would be, they were able to achieve amazing things. In Acts chapter 2, 43, a deep awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. If you go on and you see that there was so much that took place by the empowering of the Holy Spirit. I don't know... I want to say that when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour and we believe that God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit at the time that we accept Jesus, right? But what we're talking about here, what I'm talking about, is this gift that we're allowed to seek after. It's the gift of saying, Holy Spirit, I want more. Holy Spirit, I want to speak in other tongues. The tongues is a outworking of being filled with the Holy Spirit. If you don't speak in tongues and you have seeked the Lord and you have said, Holy Spirit, I want you to fill me, I believe you are filled with the Holy Spirit. But let me say that when you come to him and it says in the scripture that we're to ask him for that gift of speaking in tongues. And when we speak in tongues, did you know that when you do, you can't think of anything else? Sounds weird, doesn't it? I've tried it. I have spoken in tongues and I'm there and I'm speaking in tongues and I'm trying really hard to start to think of other things and I can't. It just, there is a a connection between you and God that cannot be interrupted. But devil does not understand one word that you are saying in your heavenly language. There are times when we don't know what to pray and you start to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is as relevant today as it was in the upper room. It is just as much for us today as believers as it was in that day. And it is not weird and it is not crazy and it is not kooky. Even though it does sound like it. But there is an empowerment in it. Don't be afraid to say, Holy Spirit, I want to receive you. Holy Spirit, I want to speak in other tongues. Holy Spirit, I want to do what you want me to do. I want you to fill me so that I can be the harvest worker that you're calling me to be. When we walk in the anointing and the understanding of the Holy Spirit, something breaks and something happens. Fresh wind. Fresh wind. There is coming a fresh wind. 
the power of the Holy Spirit is real. And it's coming to move upon us in a powerful way. Can I have the keyboard, please? Let us be prepared to say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. When was the last time you had an encounter with Jesus? When was the last time you surrendered your life and said, not my will, but your will be done? When was the last time you said, I'm not going to be concerned about this. I'm going to come and I'm going to seek you. Those disciples, when Jesus went back, they would have been nervous. (laughs) Peter went back to fishing. He didn't know what else to do. But in the upper room, The promise of the Holy Spirit was given to them. And from that day forward, they went out. They went out into the highways and the byways. They went out and they began to spread the gospel. And the scripture says really clearly in Acts that on because of what they were doing, numbers were added daily. Things were happening daily. Can you dare to believe that things can happen daily? Can you dare to believe that this amount of people is not what's going to be in this room? That you're going to be in big trouble because you're going to need to go and find another building? And I want to declare right now, I do believe, John, with all my heart that God's got the right building for this church. There is a building in this area that's going to come to your... um, attention and when you see it you're going to know in your spirit it's going to go like a a quickening that is so powerful that you're going to go this is it this is it and people are going to say it's an impossibility Dom you you're kidding yourself mate this is not going to happen that's um Australian it's not going to happen but the Lord wants to say to you I have already gone before you The building is yours and I will give it to you in the timing that I have planned to give it to you. So get ready for the preparation of the move, says the Lord. Get ready for what I'm about to do for I am causing something fresh to take place. And the purpose of the building is for the greater expansion of my kingdom. And I will lead you, I will guide you. And when you receive that building, watch and see what I'm going to do for you will see multiplication. It will come thick and fast. It will be in the 10s, 20s, 30s, 50s, 100s, people are going to come and they're going to find Jesus and they're going to find who they know is the Lord and the reality of a real God, not a fake God. There's a move coming. But let me let you into a secret. You can miss it because there were people in Wales that missed a mighty move that spread across the nations of the world. Don't miss it. Open up your hearts and say, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray right now. Will you just encompass this room? Will you do a suddenly? Will you do a suddenly fresh wind? Will you come upon us in a fresh way? Will you give us a hunger and a longing to have more? Lord, I'm not satisfied where I'm at. I want more of your Holy Spirit. I want more of what you want done. I want to be your harvest worker.